Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sun Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, here on Tuesday, August 4th, 2020, Charlotte, North Carolina, as always, um, sunscrapnation.com for anything else. Da-da-da-da. All right, so we're going to break down some fights this past week that happened this past weekend at the UFC Apex, as well as going over uh, what's happening in the news. And just a little bit of an overlook of the card coming up next week, because we'll, I'll break those down later this week, but there's a card this weekend with Derek Lewis and Alexander Olianek. so get ready for that. But we're going to go on to the card this weekend. This past weekend, there wasn't that many fights, to be honest. Um, the reason being is a couple people had to pull out. The main card was Actually supposed to be Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. That got switched to Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazian. So, and then we had Eric Spicely fall out of the card. The Trevin Giles fight got, Kevin Holland got knocked out of the card last minute. There was a lot of falling outs of the card, even up until 24 hours before. But with what we got, we got some pretty good fights. So, I'm going to, oh, that was a draw. Crazy. All right, I'm going to go ahead and break down what happened in the main card. Um, Jonathan Martinez, shout out to Jonathan Martinez for getting a KO of uh, veteran Frankie Signs in the third round. He pretty much had his way throughout the fight and then found his mark with a knee up the middle. It was very pretty. Uh, So check out Jonathan Martinez is knockout. All right, in the lightweight division, we had Bobby Green, I'm pretty sure, versus Lando Venata. It was a draw the first time, and I, and it, they decisioned it this time, but with Bobby Green scoring a couple, not, or I guess one knockdown, uh, total strikes 136 to 64. He scored three out of his three takedowns. He just overall dominated the fight. Like I said, Bobby Green. Um, he's kind of coming into his own right now, and it's time to get on the train. That's my opinion uh, as far as if you want to start looking at someone to put their money, your money on uh, in the future, Bobby Green's going to be that guy. Vicente Luque just keeping on the Luque train by scoring a nice knockout of Randy Brown. I mean, what can I say? This guy's been fighting the elite of the elite since being on the Ultimate Fighter with Kumar Usman. From there, he's just... The only people, like I said, he's lost to, Stephen Winterboy Thompson. Uh, who's another person? Um, uh, Leon Edwards. That was the other one. So those are really the only two that he he's lost to. And those are like elite fight. I mean, there's top five. So he's been working his way back up. And we'll get into how that kind of coincides with the main event. But it's just he's not it's not that he's been in the game so long and it's weather it's weathered him. It's the fact that he's kept up with um, high class training down in Florida, frequency of fighting. I mean, he's KOing the guy in the second round. I mean, he's gone to war with some fighters, but um, just keeping up the technique and the other third one. um I think really just the frequency of fights, to be honest. Uh, it's gathering up the experience pretty quickly for him, and I think it shows. 
I think it shows he's got like an educated left hook um, and really chopped the length down of Randy Bound by going to the legs and just systematically using the kiss system that Henry Hoof employs, keep it simple. Uh, tall fighter, go at the legs to eventually go inside and do work. And he was really, I mean, you show the experience where Randy Brown goes to put his hands down and tries to become a downed opponent, but Vicente Luque using his hands in this consensual, uh, consensual sex choke position where it's like he's like holding his neck, and he lifts him up to knee him in the head. It's one of those things where you have to fight a lot to rep this and get this right. You don't teach this. It becomes innate in nature when you become a fighter. The pushing on the face, the these different things where, you know, in traditional martial arts, get, they get overlooked because it's not, it's not kosher, right? It, you, you don't do that in those kinds of fights. You do that in, like, world star hip-hop fights. But you have to become dirty at some point because in MMA, it's a fight. And you have to be the best fighter. So there are certain things that, you know, in jiu-jitsu that uh, you take away in MMA. So, for example, we'll get into the John Calderwood fight. As soon as uh, – so congrats to Vincente Luque. Shout out to Henry Hooft. Uh, shout out to Sanford MMA. And I'll explain why in a little bit too. All right, so Joanne Calderwood versus Jennifer Maya. What can I say? Joanne Calderwood uh, had her shot at a title, had it there, decided not to wait, and decided to go after uh, a fight because Valentino wanted to push back her return date, and so Joanne wanted to keep active. Well, this is the name of the game. She goes in there. It's kind of a dumb idea, but um, in the first round, she's kind of just, like, not pulling the trigger. Uh, Jennifer Maya is hitting her with uh, some boxing, get her going back, Um Every time Joanne goes to kick, Jennifer answers with a couple punches. It really, Paul Felder made a good point. Like, if you're a Muay Thai fighter, um, it opens you up to get boxed because you don't. In Muay Thai fighters, they don't keep their head off the. They don't take their head off the center line because in Muay Thai, punches don't mean jack. So, you're m- more in a position to catch kicks. Where in fighting, you're just looking to knock the person out. So. Punching is an easy way to get there. It's a good counter to someone that's a heavy kicker, especially if they don't keep their head off the center line. Um, so Joanne just tried to Muay Thai her instead of using, and Paul then went on to say, if you're not good at framing, which is something that you have to get good at, clenching. So uh, Valentina is one of the gr- girls that doesn't get her head off the center line, generates a lot of power, but if you try to engage with her, if you try to punch with her, she then engages in frames or hand trapping. So it negates a really good boxer because then you can use hand trapping, foot movement, clench work. And that's why Valentina is... What a gift to have, Jennifer. Um, So anyway, bullies her. Joanne and then turn. uh, Clench up at some point. They end up on the ground. And then Jennifer just... Traditional armbar off full mount, or uh, not full mount, uh, from full guard. Um, she traps one of Joanne's, she traps Joanne's right arm and then swings under the leg to trap the hip by grabbing the hip. So this goes back to the things that we had talked about. You have to employ when you're fighting and you don't do it in the gym or you don't do it in like 
a jiu-jitsu match. So Joanne answered that kind of correctly. She took her knee and put it on the face of Jennifer Maya to like try to use that as a as a yanking point to like yank her arm out. Jennifer answered that position correctly by going underneath the legs of Joanne to roll her over and then she then Joanne was putting her thumb down to defend the arm lock even though she was flattened out on her back. Um and Jennifer put her arm into the opposite her opposite hip and armpit in order to uh, adjust the the positioning of Joanne's thumb, right? So if her thumb's down, you can't using your hips. It's going to be real hard because the the joints pointing the opposite way. So in order to address that, you take it over to the opposite hip, in turn opening up the shoulder and turning the turning the the elbow out, and then they don't have an option. It just gets bent a different way. Uh, arm mechanics, fucking physiology, cool stuff. So Jennifer Maya gets her submission win over Joanne Calderwood in the first round, calls out Valentina. Valentina says, I'll see you whenever she comes back. So congratulations on that. Um, I mean, have fun. Have fun, have fun with Valentina Shevchenko. That's a great thing to win. I mean, if you have the confidence to beat her, go for it. Go. I mean, that's the reason why you're fighting in that division, because you think you can beat her. I just, I think that's, there's just like, it's one of those things where there's no one on her level, right? So it's not like the second, it's not like number two is parallel to her. It's like, for example, Light heavyweight division. John Jones, Daniel Cormier. Virtually, uh, vir- virtually on the same level. John's one level above, so DC's like comparably there. So if you're like Augustuson, Anthony Smith, someone on those levels, and you beat a DC, you're kind of in John Jones' range. Or if you um, can compete with DC, you're kind of like in that. Le- Valentina's so far ahead that number two, like, it, like, you're still not, like, even if you beat number two, like, you're still not there, like, you'd have to stun the viewers with something that you'd be like, whoa, this person might be the one, but until then, these girls are having, like, back and forth battles at flyweight, and they seem like they're pretty good on either side, but it's still not the level of Valentina, so you, you're wondering where this Either through tenacity, maybe. I mean, that's what we thought with Jessica I, but tech that's how you get beat technically. I don't know. I don't know. All right, but in the main event, we have Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazi. So, what can I say? I, I mean, I told y'all, why the fuck would you put your money on a kid, a literal kid who's 11, who was 11 and 0, against a, a veteran? Regardless if he's lost to Israel Adesanya, he's lost to some of the uh, – Yoel Romero, some of the baddest dudes, Robert Whitaker, you know, people that hold titles. Like, who cares? He reinvented himself. You saw it in his past couple fights, so pay attention. And he's become a more technical version of what he was before. It's it's not like – it's not like he reverted in skill. He got better. Does it make him a more exciting fighter? No, but it makes him less reckless. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a guy that went from 
you know, that kind of, I got this kind of mentality to really sitting back, deciding on which, which Jimmy should go to, making the move, um, opening his mind to different things, learning from the best. He had Henry Hoof in his corner. And then they just went out and made easy work of Edmund Shabazian. I mean, yeah, Edmund hits really hard. But Derek, Lew- or Derek Brunson had everything. He went out there. He used his kicks. He used his wrestling. Um, he just dug him into deep water. It could have been finished by the second round. I mean, those shots from top were pretty fucking brutal. Like that elbow. Oof. Uh, he was pretty much out. I thought, one, I thought the one right hand, like, because Derek hits real hard especially with a ground and pound. Um, I'm like, Edmund just didn't see that level of wrestling. Yes, Edmund was in MMA gyms all of his life. But Derek Brunson went to college for wrestling, right? So he was in a environment strictly for that. He comes out, eh, yeah, he didn't. He struggled with the striking a little bit. But he still had that athletic wrestling background. And he still carries it to this day. Now he's at a gym where he's working with one, some of the best strikers of all time. And so now it's getting to the same level. He's like, it's essentially taking wrestling practice, but kickboxing practice, right? So you may be training with a coach and some good training partners, but Derek Brunson trains with like Tyron Spong. Like that's different. That's another level. He trains with uh, heavyweight champions from one championship. Other, other high, I mean, he trains with Usman, right? kickboxers, right? When Luke Rock holds in town, they go back and forth with it. It's just, I get the kid seem like potential, like this prodigal thing, but that kind of age is over, to be honest. Everyone is so high level and fighting can only get so complicated because it's fighting. I I love how the, I mean, it's a great sport, but no one's going to all of a sudden just be like a super saiyan or something like that. No one's going to just come into this sport and next thing you know, he's like, he's not like, I watched It Man the other day. And like, there's some stuff that, it's just not physically possible. So at a certain point, the blowing of our minds will end. And to think that some kid who's 20 something with, who decides to go into MMA, unless they like, I mean, if they were born and just trained at ATT until they were 20, yeah, you're going to see some awesome, 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 awesome fighters. But there's something about the experience of the octagon that an experience of high-level, ta- like, fighting that once you, like, doesn't matter if you win or lose or whatever, but if you just constantly fight with, like, like I said, Israel Adesanya, Anderson Silva, Yoel Romero, um... I'm going to go through his other, his other fights. Ian Hy- I mean, Ian Hynish was good. Elias Theodoro he beat. Talk about a guy who's awkward. Like, I'd rather fight Edmund Shabazian because he's got good hands, and I kind of know what he's coming from. Elias Theodoro, I don't, I don't know. That guy's fucking good everywhere, and he does it weirdly, and it's hard to get a beat on him. Wasn't the most exciting fight, but he decisioned him. He lost to Israel Adesanya. He lost to Jacare. Jacare, experience-wise, if I can not, if I can scramble out of his takedowns or whatever and get up, I'm not going to worry. I'm not worried about Ed, Edmund Shabazian's jujitsu. You're out of your mind. I knocked out Leota Machida. 
okay, Edmund Shabazzian hits hard, but he doesn't hit as awkwardly and hard as Leota Machida does. It's just you. your brain gets unlocked differently when you actually have the experience. And I get, you know, it's a, he's a good kid. He's good. But he just needs more experience. So that being said, Derek Brunson put it behind him. Maybe he takes on another fighter at middleweight. Don't feed him to another wolf, but definitely, like, you know, give him, let's see, UFC middleweight rankings. Ian Hyanish. I would stay away from Marvin Vittori. Actually, no, Marvin Vittori is actually a pretty good fight. I would like to see Edmund Shabazian versus Marvin Vittori. Yo, book that. Um, but yeah, those are the fights. Congratulations, to Derek Brunson. I mean, I love the fact that he moved down to Henry Hoofs. It's perfect for him. The environment's awesome, as he can, as he's been showing. It's been showing major improvement. And um, I mean, he did what you're supposed to. Took him in the deep waters and beat him up like a vet. All right, so this weekend we got a clash in heavyweight: Derek Lewis versus Ole, uh, Alexi Olenek, who is who is just looking to get that title shot. Right? Uh, he decision for Fabricio Verdum pretty easily. Submitted Maurice Green. Uh, he is on a two fight winning streak. He's looking phenomenal, but Derek Lewis, man. Um. Ever since his last two fights, they weren't, like, the best, but <coughs> he's decision Ilir Latifi. He decision Blagoy Ivanov, and he's been working on his cardio. So I think that's going to be the real difference is if he can just not get taken down by the Russian boa constrictor and just keep it nice and saucy on standing. He's going to have a good chance. I mean, he's – and he can keep the mindset of – I'm trying to see if there's anyone. Okay, as far as submission-wise, who has he beat? Marcin Tabrero had pretty good – but it's different. it's a different game. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, wrestling-wise, if you can just stop Alexi's takedowns um, and just, like, not fall, like, not do the heavyweight weird thing where they, like, clash bodies and then they, like, fall on top of each other. If you guys can, if if you can, like, stop that from happening and just, like, stay away, he he can one-shot Alexi Olyanek. He's been knocked out so many times. Uh, Return to Chris Weidman at middleweight. That'll be great. Um... Yana Kunitskaya return. Benil Dariush versus Scott, Hol- Scott Holtzman. Uh, Jimmo's very own from Charlotte, North Carolina. He's from Tennessee, but he comes in trains at Jimmo's. Um, Alex Munoz, the Team Alpha Male coach versus Naras- Nasserat Happersat. Tibines versus Loreno Strapoli. Andrew Sanchez. Gavin Tucker. Zalal making his return. A good fight as far as like the rest of the card. Um, the prelims seem awesome. And then eventually we got UFC 252 and 250. 
three is going to be the supposedly is going to be Israel Adesanya versus Paul Costa. They just haven't announced it, I guess. All right. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit of news and potential potential fight announcements because I've got one. I've got a potential fight announcement and they haven't announced it yet, but I think it's I think it's I think I'm hitting this before anyone else is. I mean, I'm sure there's people that that's seen it, but I'm going to report it potentially. Okay. So, as far as actual announcements, Ben Rothwell versus Marcin Taburo versus uh August October 10th event. Oh, Tara MMA signs UFC champ, a former UFC champ, Henan Burrell. Henan Burrell is going to another um, MMA promotion. I'm going to see you at Brazil. Who else is going to be on the card? Uh, Husamal Paul Harris, Will Chop, Guido Inosanch. Um, Bigfoot Silva. That's cool. All right. Um, Andre Olovsky versus Tanner Bozer. Ooh. So Tanner Bozer is not getting the Maurice Green fight, but he's getting a real step up in competition. That's what's up. Adolfo Vieira versus Marcus Perez. A lot of fighters, quick returns. All right, so Dana White says, guarantees Connor won't fight in 2020. No shit. Khabib says Justin Gaethje ominous warning ahead of October fight. I'll read it, but it's just broken English about how he's going to drag him to deep water. Anyway, could I've told you that. Oh, Dana White contender series tonight. All right, uh, it says that Cowboy prepares for his next fight. His next fight is Chimev. Um, I'm pretty sure, like a hundred percent. Fun fact: I'm five and zero during my career when fighting in Vegas to strike force three. Yeah, that's a good record. Yeah. Uh, Aljamain Sterling and Petrion still talking shit. That's cool. Damn, the numbers for uh, the Stipe fight. So DC ran away with it in the first round with 37 to 46. Stipe only got seven strikes off. 
Round two, even, almost, 56-46. Third round, DC again, 57-34 for Stipe. And then the round four, Stipe just ran away with it, 31 for DC and 36. Damn. Tim Elliott and Jamal Hill face marijuana suspensions. Tim Elliott's like, took a short notice fight. My bad. It's fucking ridiculous. Especially in Vegas. Legal in Vegas. That's it. That's it. That's all I got for you. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I'll be back later this week to break down the fights this weekend. I hope you guys enjoyed Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series tonight. Other than that, that's pretty much all that's on. Uh, so enjoy the fights. Remember, go to sunscrapnation.com as well as our iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, all listening apps, uh, all social media, sunscrapnation.com. Uh, been your host as always. Stay safe. Enjoy the fights.